or remember that we've been uh, going through the book of Revelation, and uh, today we're in the 12th chapter, but I'm only going to cover the first six verses, and we'll get the rest of it at a later date, but uh, Revelations chapter 12, verse 1, first six verses says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and <clears throat> pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness which she hath where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. Now, we're about halfway. We're around the halfway mark of Revelation. I want to remind you again that Revelation is not written in chronological order. Uh, in chapters 4 to 9, they take us through the tribulation period. And then chapters 10 and 11 reveal some behind-the-scenes activity of the Lord. And chapter 11, last, last week, I guess it was, week before, Sunday before last when we were in that, it takes us up to the edge of eternity where Jesus is taking control of the kingdoms of this world. So you could say that we have looked at chapters 4 to 9 through a telescope. And then chapters 12 to 19, we're not looking through a telescope, but we're looking through a microscope. In other words, we're going to see some details of what we've already read some greater details uh, because we're about to look at uh, more, more detail, look at the events of this period. So it's really, the 12th chapter is a start all over again. and Go back through what we've already seen except more details. And so in chapter 12 we see, uh, first of all, a woman. Uh, who is this woman? And this this is where a lot of controversy comes in. One says, well, it's this, and another says it's that one. And uh, so I'm going to tell you today who I think it is. And uh, you can form your own opinion. But there's a lot of different opinions about her identity. The Catholic Church says that it's Mary. But uh, this woman is right there in the tribulation period, and Mary won't be here in the tribulation period. So it's not Mary. 
Uh, some believe this woman is the church, but then here again, the church won't be here during the tribulation period. We will have been taken out of this world prior to that time. And so, and remember also, the Lord is the one that gave birth to the church. The church did not birth the Lord Jesus Christ. He birthed us. He birthed the church. And then there are some cults that claim that they are uh, Mary Baker Eddy. And I don't remember all of her names, but she's the founder of what she called Christian science, which is not Christian and it's not science either. But she says that she is this woman and that the Christian science church is the child. But let me just say, it ain't her either. <laughs> it's not her. Uh, in, in this description in verse 1, it says that she is clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Now turn back, if you will, to Genesis chapter 37 and look at verses 9 through 11. This is a dream of Joseph. Joseph was a dreamer. Uh, the only thing in Joseph's dreaming, you remember, he couldn't keep his mouth shut. He would tell his brothers. He would pick at his brothers by telling them, hey, hey, I had this dream. This is what the Lord's going to do. But anyway, verse 9 says, And he dreamed yet another dream, and told it his brethren, and said, Behold, I've dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars. Now let's see. This woman was clothed uh, with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And of course, Joseph was the one doing the dreaming, and so uh, if you add him to the 11 stars in Genesis, then that makes 12 stars. And he told it his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee on the earth? And of course you know that they did when Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt. He was, the, uh, he was the head uh, ruler there under Pharaoh and they came to buy uh, wheat and meal from him and they did bow down to him. But what I wanted to get out of this is that this was the sun and the moon and the 12 stars represented by uh, uh, Joseph's father and his mother, and his brothers. And so I say that this woman that brought forth this male child was none other than the nation Israel. Amen. Jacob's name, you remember, was changed to Israel when he wrestled uh, with the Lord. But uh, uh, I believe that that this is the nation Israel. In fact, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, God compared the seed of Abraham to stars in, in number. And so 
let me, let me say what we already know. God is not finished with Israel. And you can see them coming up. They, they have become a strong nation. Just a little speck on the map. But you can see the hand of God protecting Israel and watching over them. They were, they were actually, you know, they became a nation in 1948 officially, but they became a nation in 1947. And then in 1967, 20 years later, they had that, what was it, a six-day war? And I can, I can remember... I can remember hearing about those nations that were gathered that was going to destroy Israel. And of course, I didn't know a whole lot then about the Bible, but I remember hearing about it. And I was beginning to feel sorry for that one little nation that was going to have to stand up against the, that, those other nations. But then as I heard the war progressing, I thought, well, shoot, they don't have nothing to worry about. Those other nations better be the ones that's on the guard. But that was 20 years after they became a nation that they went to war. You know why that was? Because according to Jewish law, you couldn't go to war unless you were 20 years old. And here was the nation Israel going to war when they were 20 years old. And uh, God's not through with them. This, this woman, she, uh, in verse 2 we see her, it says she travailed in birth and pain to be delivered. So we see this woman trying to bring her child into the world. And then in verses 3 and 4 we see the persecutor of this woman. And it says that uh, there appeared another great wonder in heaven. Behold, a, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. Uh, first of all, he was red. That kind of reminds us of the red horse that we saw uh, in at the beginning of Revelation. That red horse, this color of war and bloodshed. Uh, this dragon is a killer. In fact, the Bible says that Satan, the devil, has come to kill and to destroy. He's not your best friend. Those things that he puts in front of us, especially young people as you're growing up. I was young once, so I'm speaking from experience. The things that he puts in front of us, he make them look good. Uh, he... he uh, he deceived Adam and Eve that way, or Eve. But he'll, he'll lead you out on a limb and then turn around and cut the limb off behind you yeah. and let you fall. But he don't show you that. He didn't show Eve the results of her sin. He just made it look good. Good to the eye. And, and probably good, I bet she smelled of it. Uh, smells good. It looks good. And then, yeah, it, it tastes good. Uh, he showed her all of that and then said, hey, you're going to be wise. But he didn't say your oldest or one of your sons is going to kill the other son and God is going to run you out of this place. And your husband is going to have, when he plants seed, he's going to have to spend 
his days pulling the weeds out of it and removing the briars and sweating and wiping sweat and killing skeeters. <laughs> it's good to have a wife when you plant a garden <laughs> to keep the weeds. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm teasing, but but it is it is a job. It is a job. You plant you didn't plant weeds and grass, but it's more healthier than whatever you planted unless you keep them weeded out. But Satan didn't show that to Eve. Uh, you know, <clears throat> well, I could take off and chase this rabbit a long ways, but I better hush. Anyway, he's here to kill and to destroy. He had seven heads and ten horns. Head speaks of vast intelligence. Ezekiel 38, 12, God says that Satan is full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. The horns are a symbol of authority. He's still called the God little g, of this world. But he was not created an evil creature. He was created a beautiful creature. He was a ranking angel in heaven. But pride got into him. Pride found him. He wanted to overthrow God. He wanted to exalt his throne above God's throne. He wanted to be God. He wanted to be the ruler. And in verse 4, he's pictured as standing before Israel to destroy her seed as soon as he was born. Satan has worked from the beginning uh, to prevent the birth of the promised seed of the woman. In, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, uh, the Lord said uh, unto Satan, He said, I will put enmity between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And Satan was there when God made that promise. And of course, Eve, when Cain was born, she said, Hey, I got a man from the Lord. She probably thought he was the promised seed. But it turned out he wasn't the promised seed. Uh, <clears throat> in fact, Satan got into uh, him and into Cain and angered him so that he would kill his own brother, Abel. And maybe, maybe Satan thought that this seed would come through Abel. But he didn't see Seth. And then he decided that the best way, you know, it said the stars, he drew the third part of the stars from heaven when he was cast out. That's, that's other angels that were drawn out with him. And of course, we call them demons. Fallen angels. 
And so, and I'm, I'm not going to get into a debate with you, but those fallen angels began to look at the beauty of human women and they intermingled with them. And they produced giants in the world. And, but, and Satan probably thought, boy, I have contaminated the seed. It won't work now. But he didn't see Noah. God had a man who was pure. In other words, he didn't have any of that giant blood, that uh, demonic blood in him, fallen angel. And so he built an ark. And he and his family got on that ark. All of the rest of the world were killed. I've heard people say, why in the world would God... And they, they say it because they don't want to believe the Bible. They say, why would God kill women and children? That's the reason he did it. It was because they were part human and part fallen angel. He said, now Brother Howard, Jesus said that the angels of heaven don't marry. No, they don't. But these were not the angels of heaven. They were fallen beings. They were angels right here in this world. Well, anyway, I said I wasn't going to get that deep in that, and I already did. But uh, uh, just call me crazy if you want to. But, but, but they, were, they were cross. That was a work of Satan. He wanted to destroy that seed. And uh, by the way, you know, people say, well, that was, that was just believers and unbelievers mixing. That wouldn't produce a giant. It wouldn't do it. Most of you came from mixed marriages, and I don't know of anybody here that's as tall as Goliath was, big as he was, and uh, some say they'll come back. I don't know. But he aroused Esau to anger so that he would kill Jacob. But he didn't know that God would help Jacob escape. He, he had down in Egypt, he, he aroused Pharaoh to kill all of the boy babies so that he could destroy the seed. But he didn't know that God was going to raise a little boy named Moses to deliver the children of Egypt, Israel out of Egypt. He moved Herod to kill all the children in Bethlehem under two years old. Remember the wise men came to Jerusalem and they said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? And they began to inquire and and uh, they found out that he was to be born in Bethlehem through the prophet Micah uh, had revealed that to him. And so he told the wise men, he said, go and worship and when you have found him, bring me word again that I might come and worship him. Now he didn't want to go worship him. He, he just was saying, you tell me where he's at. I'll put a stop to him. And of course, they were warned by God not to return unto uh, him, but to go home another way. And so uh, Herod 
found out that he had been betrayed and he sent out a decree to kill, kill all the children in Bethlehem two years and under. And of course, God protected the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God that all of Satan's attempts have failed. And then verse 5 gives us a description of the child. It said, she brought forth a man-child <coughs> who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. You know, it's good. everybody that has a child, you want that child to be successful in whatever he sets out to do. And you want them to follow the Lord and be true to Him. You want them to be a useful child and uh, greatly used of God. So she must have, when she saw this, hey, this, this child is going to rule all nations with a rod of iron. How proud she must have been. And I, I like this because he ain't going to need Congress. And he's not going to need the House of Representatives. He's not going to, he's not going to need the, the, the left-wingers. And he's not going to need the right-winger. Like it or lump it, I'm ruling, he says, with a rod of iron. You're going to do what I say. What I say is law. What I say is, is the rule. We're not going to have any debates. We're not having any of that. I'm ruling. And whether you think the world is good, I mean, when I say world, America, or whether you think it's bad, it's going to be perfect. <laughs> but, but it's not something that the Democrat Party or the Republican Party is going to bring about. It's something that God is going to bring about this child that is born. Uh, he'll rule with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God. Now this, Jesus was born just like you were born, through a mother's womb. But there ain't been no other births likened unto His birth. Because He was born without the help of a man. There was no man involved. It was God and woman. He, she conceived of the Holy Ghost and Jesus always was. He was in heaven. But He became that little embryo in His mother's womb, in the virgin's womb, and uh, was brought forth that way. So He was the only uh, child ever born through a virgin. He was the seed of the woman. Genesis 3.15 He was her seed. He was born that way. He lived a holy and perfect life. He died on the cross to save us from our sins. He was buried, but thank God He rose again the third day. And then He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father today to make intercession for us. Uh, yeah, he was, he was born just like us, but there's never been another child born in the world that was like him. 
at, pardon my grammar, I say this all the time, ain't nobody like Jesus. Nobody like him. He, he had no earthly father, and he, but he was God in human flesh. John 1, 1 said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. He was God, and He is God in human flesh. And His destiny is to rule the world with a rod of iron. He created the world. And it's his. But he also purchased the world with his own blood on the cross. And he alone is worthy to rule and to reign. And then the Bible tells us that she fled to the wilderness. The woman, verse 6, And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. Now, that period of time is mentioned several times in the book of Revelation. Sometimes it's called 42 months. And sometimes it's called time, time and a half times, which is three and a half years. So either way you look at it, it's three and a half years. That's the latter part of the uh, seven-year tribulation period, 1,203 score days, three and a half years, 42 months. This woman fled into the wilderness. Jesus said something uh, to the disciples in the 24th chapter of Matthew. He said, When ye shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, flee to the mountains. And he said, even if you're up on the housetop, don't come down to get anything out of your house. Just flee. And woe to her that giveth suck in those days. And pray that your flight be not on the Sabbath day. So he's talking to Jews. If it were Gentiles, we wouldn't worry about the Sabbath day. You know, we'd go. He's saying, ladies, you don't have to go back in and put on your makeup and your high-heeled shoes and you don't have to comb your hair. You don't have to look good. Just flee. <laughs> ladies don't usually flee. <laughs> I mean, they don't get in a hurry. And, and I know you, you like to look good. <laughs> and I don't blame you. <laughs> but, but if you were there and you were a Jew and you were dealing with the abomination of desolation, you better forget about looking good. You just better run hard as you can go. And to those of you that I kid about driving forward, you pray that you don't in a Ford. <laughs> and I'm teasing. <laughs> but, but he said that. Now when is that going to happen? Well, uh, I think it's the 
either the first or the second chapter, the second, I believe, second book of Thessalonians that says that in the middle of the tribulation, just prior to that second half, the beast or the Antichrist is going to go into the temple and he's going to commit that abomination of desolation. He's going to sit up there and say, I'm God, you worship me. And if they don't, they'll be killed. And those believers better run. And it says, and they, I don't know who they is, should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days, three and a half years. Jesus, there in the 24th chapter of Matthew, at the judgment of nations, and that's what it is, judgment of nations, It'll, they will be judged according to the way they treated Israel during that three and a half years. He said, I was hunger, hungry, and you fed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you visited me. They said, when did, you, when did we see thee? And he says, as much as you've done it unto one of these my brethren. He's not talking about spiritual brothers, but physical brothers, his brothers, uh, the Jews. He said, then you've done it unto me. A place prepared that not too long ago I heard of a guy that many years ago had gone to this wilderness place where he thought that the Jews were going to flee. Some thought it was a place called Petra. And he put cases and cases and cases of Bible in caves all over that place. And he said, when those Jews get down there for three and a half years and they want to do something, they can take one of them Bibles out and read it. They're looking for a Messiah. The Jewish people are excited today because they say Messiah is coming. And I'm excited today because Messiah has already come. He came as the Lord Jesus Christ. He died on the cross, rose again, and ascended to heaven, and He's coming again. <coughs> coming the first time to take His church out. And when I say church, I'm not talking about denomination. I'm talking about believers. Take us out. Seven years later, He's coming back at the end of this uh, 1,203 score days. He's coming back and we're coming with Him. And then, He's going to defeat all of His enemies and He's going to sit up His throne and rule and reign for a thousand years. i got to hush. But let me just ask you, do you know this Savior as your Savior? Do you believe in Him? Do you trust in Him? Are you trusting what He did on Calvary for yourself? Are you receiving Him as your Savior? Do you believe that He was buried and rose again and He's coming back? Have you received Him? If you haven't, as we sing this Closing him, we invite you to come. Uh, does he? Let me ask you this: Does he have first place in your life? Is he at the forefront? 
of your life? Are you thankful that He saved you? Maybe you want to come today and just uh, gather here at the altar and thank Him for saving you. You you might want to come and pray for the peace of Jerusalem because I'm telling you, you can already see Satan working. Even, Even here in our United States congressman, there are people in there now that hate Israel. And it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. So you might want to come pray for them. Whatever, if you have a need, you might want to come and pray for that. Whatever, whatever your decision is as we stand and sing. What number, Kevin? Hymn number 381. Number 381. Jesus is tenderly calling thee home, calling today, calling today. Why from the sunshine of love will thou roam, Father and Mother is calling the weary to rest calling today calling today bring him thy burden and thou shalt be blessed he will not turn thee away Calling today.